Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirem Adafiyom. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We are now in the seventh chapter of Nazir, in the second Mishnah, which appears at the beginning of Memtet Amud Bet. Al Elu HaTumot, Al Elu Tumot HaNazir Migaleach. It is for the following Tumot that the Nazir has to shave. And now we will have a list of several uh, components of Tumot Mate that if a Nazir has contact, and we'll see what kind of contact, with them, then the entire Nazir is cancelled, etc., as we will see. Alhamait, which the Gemara will interpret as not being the most obvious one, which is the contact with a dead body, uh, but something, uh, a subset of that. Vyakazait minamait, if he touches a kazayit of dead flesh. Vyakazait netzel. Netzel, we will see what that means in the Gemara. For right now, we will assume it to be uh, bodily secretions. tarvad rekev. On a spoon's full, and we'll see what that shear really is, of what's called corpse mold. Ala shidra, which is the skeleton, the, uh, the spinal column, val gugolot, which is the skull, val evermina mate, or a limb from the mate, a full limb, val evermina chai, or a limb from a living person, sheeshal basar karoi, only if it has sufficient meat on it, flesh on it, val chatsi kav atzamot, and for half of a kav of bones, or half of a log, uh, about six or seven ounces worth of blood. Now, for these things, whether you touch them, whether you carry them, even not touching them, or whether you are make a, a covering over them, or you're in the same ohel with them, then it cancels. Vial etzem kisorab for a tiny piece of bone the size of a barley seed, al magao vial masao, but not for ohel. So only touching and carrying, but not ohel for etzem kisora. Al elu hanazir megaleach for any of these that azir has to shave and beforehand mazevash lishiu vashvi has to do hazah mechatat on the third and seventh day. Be tovel on the seventh day, of course. Shave on the seventh day. Ufes soterat hakonim. And it cancels everything that he had until now. He doesn't begin counting his new Nizirut until he has brought his Korbanot on the eighth day, uh, if not later. Now, Tanur Rabbanan, the, uh, the, the Brita here tells us a story. So we're sometime in the uh, a little bit after the middle of the second century, after a mayor passed away, Amarlan Rabbi Yehuda the Talmidavs, Rabbi Yehuda, who was a colleague of Rameir, said to Rameir's students, "All you can sue Talmidei Rameir lekan. I'm not going to let Rameir's students come in. They're always uh, contra- contrary and always challenging. They're not here coming to study. They're coming to argue and to challenge. They're trying to." Uh, to negate me and to challenge me and to uh, and, and or embarrass me with uh, halachot. Dachak Sumchus Sumchus was a famous student of her merits. Pushed his way in v'dichas amarleim and he said to the students, "Kach shanali Reb This is what Meir taught. Al elu and he quoted our Mishnah. Al hamet and he quoted the first two items in our Mishnah. Ka'as Rabbi Yehuda, at that point Rabbi Yehuda got angry from Arlehen. Lo ka'ach amarit lachem al yikansu tavanir ha'meir lekan. Didn't I tell you to keep those guys out? Look at this, he's coming in 
And he's immediately quoting a halacha, which is to be contrary. Why is that? Which means this is really a question on our Mishnah. If you shave for a kezayin in a mate, kabachom you're going to shave for touching a mate itself. Which means that the first item in the Mishnah really is unnecessary. So we now have to look back at it and explain what what mate means. So Rabbi Yossi, who was sitting there, said, people are going to say, Meir Shachav, Meir is dead, Yehuda Ka'as, and Yehuda is angry, and Yossi Shatak, and I'm silent, Torah so I have to speak up, because uh, what's going to happen to Torah? Meir is dead, Yehuda is angry, Yossi is being silent, who's going to keep Torah going? So Rabbi Yossi answered and explained our Mishnah and defended her Meir's teaching. We're talking about a a uh, a mate, and who has no flesh left, it's all decomposed. Uh, so then, let the Mishnah just say, "Al Say for one aver you shave al So if averin hamate, which the Mishnah did not say has to have any flesh on it, you're migaleach. So certainly for an entire mate that has no flesh, you're going to migaleach. So the same problem exists. So we turn to the Amoraim for an explanation of what the mate in the beginning of the Mishnah is. If we have a nephel and uh, a, a, an aborted uh, baby that the limbs never wove together with sinews so that there are really not a varim to speak of, then that's the mate that's being referred to. So, so Rabbi Yochan said that in another context, that we're saying that's what must be the referent here. Rav Amar Lo Nitzchai said, "You don't need to go that far." If you have a majority of the trunk of the frame of a body or the majority of the limbs, but there is not the minimum amount of bone left, somehow the the frame was left, but the bones were so emaciated, so I got that the shear was so small. Nonetheless, you are mitkaleach because of contact with a mate. So mate, everybody understands, cannot just be a regular mate because that's a no-brainer. It must refer to something else that's either a full mate, but there's sufficient stuff missing we thought you're not metame etc now akazite mate while kazite netzel the f- items two and three in the mishnah were kazite of mate we understand what that is and kazite netzel so vezu netzel what is netzel basar hamate so it means flesh of the cadaver shikarash that congealed umohal shirtiach or or secretions of the mate that uh, heated up and became liquid and then congealed. So it's congealed stuff of the mate. So hechidami, how does it play out? If you don't know if that stuff is really from a mate, it's lying next to the to the body. Then kikarash my hobby. Who cares if it's congealed? You don't know what it is. So if you know it's it, it's from the mate, you don't need it to congeal. Because you know that it's uh, some of the uh, kazayat of the, of the mate. Right? Amarav says we're talking about a case where it's there. We don't know how to deal with it. We don't know how to judge it, whether it really is of, of a corpse or not. So, if we see it's congealed, then we know that it's a secretion from the mate. If it doesn't congeal, then maybe it was spittle or some other liquid that came from the body and not really part of the body. So Abai asked his Rebbe, asked Rabbah, This dean of Netzel, does it apply to a behemah as well? In other words, if you touch a dead animal, a behemah Torah, for instance, 
who died improperly, then that's Tumat Nevela, it's Tumat Erev. What happens if you touch the net cell of such an animal? Is that also Maybe the tradition of Netzel only applies to Tumat Adam. We never had any such tradition in the context of Tumat Behemoth, which is very different than Tumat Adam. There's no Tumat Oel Behemoth, etc. Perhaps Netzel is just an extension of a mate. So anything that has Tumat mate, Netzel is an extension of it. So parenthetically, uh, the whole question only starts according to one position on the following machloket. explain these terms. The Torah, when it talks about a nevela, says, uh, You can give it to the stranger in your gates, the nevela. And in the context of a trade, it says, Right, so the, the way that we, that we play with that is as follows. There's a machloket of at what point this uh, animal is no longer matame because it's become so far removed from what it originally was. So he says that the strict tuma, um, the strict components of tuma, only apply until it's no longer edible by another person. The tuma kala adlekelev. But until the point that it's unfit for even a dog to eat, then only tuma kala applies. Then shapir. Then it's very simple that there is no netzel there. But there's a mandamer that says that you have the full measure of tuma all the way until this thing's not edible by a dog anymore. So what's the answer? Is it, uh, is net, does netzel apply or not? So Toshma, let's see if we could solve it. If he took some part of the novella and heated it up, and melted it. In a flame, it's still tahor. But in the sun, it's tahor. Now, this is all net cell stuff. And this is talking about a behemoth. If you think that um, a, a, a novella is metame as a novella until it's no longer fit to be eaten by a dog, then even if it was heated up in the sun and melted, it still should be metame. Why is it tahor? Right, so the, so the answer that they give to this that doesn't affect the machloket is Eimat Mamchile. When can the sun melt it? Bata de Asruach only after it's already rotted. Once it has already rotted and now the sun is melting and now it's like dust, it's nothing. So of course it's tar because even a dog wouldn't touch it. So that doesn't do anything to the machloket, which means we're still we still don't have a solution as to whether or not Netzel applies to behemoth. Now it's none. Famous Mishnah Machshirin. Call on Nitzok Tahor. Nitzok means a stream. What it means is if I have a clean, a, a Tahor vessel, and I have a liquid in it, let's say water, and I pour it into another vessel below, obviously, and that vessel is Tameh, we don't say that the stream connects the two and now regresses Tuma back to the original Kli. Chutz Midvasha Zifim Vahat except for very thick honey and thick batter. Those things uh, uh, do have nitzok. Now, they say that even a thick soup of grist or beans also has nitzok. Why? Because it jumps back. When you pour it, it kicks back. Now, Ram asked about this. What about foods? If you pour a food which is all connected, unlike the liquid, do we say that there's nitzok and it kicks back or not? 
Now, do we say that the reason for the honey and the batter is because it has little bits of liquor in it which actually kick back, right? The honey late bahuriri, but regular food doesn't have that, so regular food wouldn't have nitzok. And this nitzok is generated by a physical component or material in the food that kicks it back. Or perhaps it's because thick batter and honey are are uh, are are thick, and they're stuck, and they all tie together. And food is like that also. In which case, food would have nitzok. So Rava Toshma, let's see if we can solve it. Chelav hamate shu shalem. If you have some some fat of a mate, and it's in one piece, vitichon, then you melted it. Tamei. Hayam furari tichon. But if it was all broken up and you melted it, then tahor. And it's not tamei. It means it remains tahor. It means even though it was little pieces and you melted it and they ended up together, it's still tahor. If you think there is no nitzok, then shalem Even if it's full and you melted it, it should still be tahor. Because um, when it pours out, every little piece is now separated and doesn't kick back. So it should be tahor. What are we talking about? That we're talking about a situation that as you're melting it, the fire comes all the way up to the mouth of the vessel and the whole thing congeals together. Um, now it's all together so we don't need nitzok and that's why it is all matame so it could be that there is no nitzok in the context of ochlin and here it's all tame, uh, tame because it's all melting together try to prove it from this says there's nitzok also in the context of this grist or bean soup because they kick back so it should be that food also has it so media who said In other words, it could be that uh that Bechama's position is simply that there are components in that kind of food that make it kick back, but that doesn't affect the issue of smichin. That may not be because the food is really thick and therefore it may not apply to regular food. Okay, we'll pick up at uh this point. Uh, I'm sorry, we'll go a little bit further. Uh, the next item on the Mishnah, item number four, is a spoonful of this corpse mold. So how much is a Molotarvad? If you open up your hand, it's the palm. That much. Molochofnav is a closed hand, so if you take your forefingers and close them to the wrist, and what can fit in there, which is a little bit more. So now we have a Mishnah, and we'll see... Um, uh, we'll see how this plays out against Chizkiyah and Rabbi Yochanan. Molotovad Rekev Shamru, how much is that? Yeshnan Mi'ikar Etzpa'otu Lamala, from the, from the forming point of the fingers up. Diver of Meir. Chumami Molochofnam, Chum say your, your, your closed fist. Now, Bishlam Rabbi Yochanan, I understand Rabbi Yochanan, Damar Karbonan, he said exactly like Karbonan, which is Molochofnam, the closed fist. El Chizkiyah, Kaman Bechizkiyah, who said an open hand, Whose opinion is he adopting here? Lokar Meir, Lokar Bonan. He seems to be nowhere in that Mishnah. So Amri Melo Pisatayadu Melo Kishrei Tzvotav Lamalachad Shiurahu. So one answer was that the shear he gave, which is the open palm, is the same shear as from the edge of your fingers to the end. That's one way to see it. Rav Shimon Bar Andal Rav Papa. Mimai Dahami Kishrei Tzvotav Lamalachad Shiurahu. 
He said, wait a second, who said the Rameyer said that it's from where your fingers form to the edge of the fingers, to the tips of the fingers? Maybe it means from where the fingers end, meaning towards the wrist. Right? Which is exactly Teku. So the Teku here is on how do we interpret the Mishnah, what Rameyer meant. Does he mean from where the fingers form out to the tips of the fingers, or back towards the wrist? If it's back towards the wrist, it's exactly Chizkiah. If it's out towards the fingers, then you have to posit that that's the same shear as the one Chizkiah gave, which is the open palm. Okay, we will pick up Hashem at the beginning of Dafnun Aleph Amud Aleph with the definition of Rekev, of this corpse mold that we will have to deal with over the course of the next podcast or two. Everybody should have a wonderful day.